What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Ride in the Pine. Jack Ride and I are back with you all today, and as always, we have another fantastic episode in store for everyone at home. But before I get into all of that, let's take a little dive into the last episode. I was joined by a great guest coming from the basketball world, current overseas pro basketball player playing in Iceland, Ty Stewart. Ty and I got into his career starting off with what the adjustment has been like for him going from the college level of basketball to the professional style of play, what it's been like getting adjusted to life overseas and in Iceland in particular, and so much more. So if you want to hear about Ty's journey overseas, go check out episode 270 and all 270 shows that are out now on all podcast platforms. Now, getting into today, we're going to be joined by another great guest coming from the basketball world, but we're coming from the college basketball world. Current graduate assistant men's basketball coach at Miami of Ohio, Elijah Pennington. Coach Pennington and I get into his career and what got him interested in being a coach, how he was able to work his way from IUPUI over to Miami. Miami of Ohio and how it's been adjusting to being a part of the Red Hawks coaching staff and so much more. So if you want to hear about Coach Pennington's journey to Miami of Ohio and about his insight in the coaching world, don't go anywhere because here comes Coach Pennington. So with that, folks, let's make our way into our show for today. So as always, be sure to find your favorite seat here on the bench with me. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And I'm here with current graduate assistant coach for the Miami of Ohio men's basketball team, Coach Elijah Pennington. Coach, great to get you on the show today, my friend. How's it going? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you for for taking time out and, and having me on, man. I really, I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, first off, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time. I know that we're in the midst of the season, so I'm sure that your schedule is all over the place right now. But I want to dive into this year because I know that it was somewhat of a slow start for your team to begin the season, but you guys have picked it up as of late. What's been clicking for you guys and just really starting to work well for the team? Uh, Jack, I think the biggest thing was, you know, figuring out ball movement, player movement. You know, we stressed it, you know, early on, um, kind of took us a while to kind of figure it out. Um, had a couple practices where we could really, you know, focus on it, you know, watch film, see like the shots we were getting weren't the best shots. Um, maybe they weren't shots. They were shots we could make, um, but we could get better shots, right? You know, we have a first 10, last 10 mentality, first 10 seconds of the shot clock, last 10 seconds of the shot clock. So, once you're able to really focus on that, um, kind of watch the film, see it, get out and practice, really do it. Um, and we started sharing the basketball better. Um, you know, guys got easier shots. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of ironic, you know, once you start getting easy shots, you know, they start going in. Um, and so we were able to get great shots and guys really fed off each other. Um, I think one of the games, I believe it was Little Rock, we had 24 made field goals and 22 assists. Um, and so that's where we want to be. You know, our offense is predicated on, ball movement, player movement. So, you know, we're, we know if we're able to move the ball, you know, we'll get great shots and we've got a, a ton of guys that can make shots. So that's kind of been the, you know, the theme that we've been focusing on and trying to do better at. Well, I also would have to say that another big theme you guys have been focusing on is the free throw shooting. Uh, your team actually leads the entire nation in free throw shooting yeah. north of 80%, which is an alarming number for a team. I mean, you don't see, I mean, yeah, tremendous. That might even be an understatement. I mean, (laughs) what is it? I think it's, I looked at it this morning, 82, 83%, maybe even 85, a very, very impressive uh, stat to have as a team. How much is that emphasized in the program and in practice? And I mean, do you feel that you guys are doing something special in practice for that? Or is, is it just happened that the guys are seeing the basket really well? 
Well, I think it's funny. Like our first scrimmage, we didn't shoot free throws well at all. I remember we didn't shoot it well at all. And that was a, a area we know we needed to focus on after that. And we've shot them well ever since then. Um, I think the emphasis in practice, you know, really concentrating, you know, our guys have done a great job in, in really focusing um, and realizing that free throws win games a lot of times. Um, and then we've also added things like, you know, game days, you got to get a hundred free throws in. Right. And our guys are doing a great job of, of taking that and really owning it. Um, and then I think it translates over to the game and they've done a tremendous job and um, during the season and so far making free throws. And we're going to need it as we continue throughout the season, because those are free points and, and they can win or lose you games um, as you as you know. Yeah, I am uh, as as a broadcaster, journalist, podcast host, whatever else. um Free throws and a former basketball player myself. I mean, free throws. There are so many times where games that I've maybe covered or I've been in or whatever won and lost at the stripe. I mean, that is just, oh, right. I think, a, a foregone conclusion. And uh, I mean, I, I think it was a few actually a few games ago I was doing a game and I even made a note of it, just how the free throw discrepancy was so large that that was really the difference. I mean, the, yes, the seven 100%. or eight points. Yes. And the difference of the yes. score were literally right in front of you on the missed free throw. So it's uh it's a very important thing to have as a team. I'm sure that might frustrate you coach the, the coaching staff <laughs> though, because you guys can't make them run anymore, right? You can't, You're I right. mean, in the old, you know, typical, uh, you know, in for people that might not know for practice, usually you, you know, you kind of intertwine free throws with a lot of wind sprints. So yeah. do you guys, I mean, do you guys still, I'm sure get a lot of conditioning in though? Yeah, we try. We, uh, we we find ways to run them. Usually now it's turnovers. Um, we make a run for turnovers, but you know in the free throw category, it's it's kind of tough now to make them run for free throws because they do a they do a tremendous job even in practice making free throws too. Well, that's a good problem. That is a very yeah, good problem absolutely. To have. That's a great problem. That's to a have. great problem. Yes. So uh, and it's it's nice that you know and you kind of look at uh, teams throughout the season and and I mean even for me personally and I'm sure for you also that. You know, it's it's become a theme almost throughout a season where team can't hit a free throw. Teams can't make free throws down the stretch also, which are, are very, very key things to have. But I want to get into your career coach and kind of just go from where where you started to where you're at today. What got you into coaching initially? Yeah, so it's weird. Um, I was one of those guys, probably a bit naive where, you know, I played a year of D3 and kind of thought, hey, like, I'm going to make money. I'm going to be here for four years and I'm going to go overseas and make my living there. And, you know, I was really naive in that sense. Um, and so after I played that year of D3, I took three years at IU Kokomo and I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I kind of got into it on accident. My little brother, Jonah, um, needed a coach in the fall for a fall league. And so my dad called me and was like, hey, you know, just do it. You know, your little brother needs one. Do it for him. So I did it and kind of enjoyed it a bit. And I was like, okay, you know, this is kind of cool. And so he ended up needing an AAU coach going into his senior year. And so my dad said, hey, do it, try it, see how it goes. And fell completely in love with it. You know, had to recruit guys, um, had to figure out, you know, rotation. I had to do everything and just completely fell in love with it. And I remember telling my dad, like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, but then I had no connections. Like, I didn't know. I, I was really naive. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing. So I emailed a ton of colleges, um, a ton of college staffs. And um, luckily, one of them was IEPUI. Um, it was in my own city. You know, it made sense. I could live at home and save money. Um, and they said you could be a manager. So, you know, I started off doing manager duties there for a couple of weeks. And then things just kind of grew there. You know, I 
got into like the video side of it, player development. And um, they did a great job. Coach Crenshaw, Coach Banks, Coach Shrine, Coach Evans, Coach Roy. They did a great job of just letting me be me. Right. Like they let me learn everything. You know, I think it would have been really easy for them to kind of be like, hey, this is a manager. Just do this stuff. Um, but they let me get my hands in everything, scouting, um, video, player development, recruiting. I was a bit of everything. Um, and so it helped me when it was time to go into the next step and where I could market myself and say, hey, like, I know how to do video. I know how to work players out. I know how to do bits and pieces, Photoshop of everything. Um, and so once it was time for me to move on, it was, you know, it was easier to market myself. And, you know, I think. Coach Steele reached out to one of my old high school coaches because um, they were on the same staff a while ago. And, um, you know, he kind of reached out, said, you know, you know, anybody look for a GA. And so he reached out to me. And at the time I was still looking and um, he connected the two of us. And I just knew from there, you know, kind of hearing him and hearing the vision he had and the staff that we were putting together, having a connection with all of them. Um, I knew that, you know, Miami was the place and, you know, I've been here for six months and, you know, it's been all I've expected. And then some, you know, for every level from the staff, faculty, administration, players, our group of managers, like it's been awesome. Um, and so I've loved every minute of it. Well, it's great that you've been able to find an, another new home, you know, especially after your your time at IUPUI and being able to be so involved with things there. I have to say that the jump from being an AAU coach to then being on a division one staff, that is very, very impressive. What was that like for you? I mean, seeing that increase in role and also that increase of responsibility. Yeah, it was a it was a ton at first. Right. Like, you know, you're my AAU team wasn't, you know, wasn't EYB like it wasn't one of those teams. Um, and so I love those guys, but the talent level wasn't the same as what I was getting into. Right. And so I think that first the first time I saw him work out, my mind was a little bit like, OK, like this is a step up. Um, you know, after a week, you kind of get comfortable. Um, and you figure out like, you know, these guys are basketball players and you want to just kind of figure out where can I help? Where can I fit in? Um, and so I think I just grinded early on, right. Getting in the gym with them in the morning and just rebounding. Like if you need a rebounder in the morning, late at night, like I'll do it. Um, and then it kind of grew from there, you know, where they trusted me to just work them out. Hey, what do you want to do? Um, and then get more confident in that. And then obviously it just kind of took off. Um, and then the coaches started trusting me more the job just kind of took off from there. Would you say that your, your background as a player has also kind of helped you with that establishing a relationship with other players and, and kind of getting to know them and, and also them being comfortable to kind of get to that point where they're asking you, you know, Hey, I want to do this, do that. And they're kind of leading the workout, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was, you know, I wasn't a, t a super talented player. Um, so I understood the value of you got to get in the gym, you got to work, right. You got to do the little things. And being able to kind of relay that onto them um, has been great. And I'll say at both stops, guys have been receptive. You know, they've been listening. Um, they've respected, you know, when I've tried to help them, they've been receptive and, and really listened. And that's been great for me because it just builds confidence. You know, when you see a guy do a move in practice or the game that you've worked on in a workout and it go in and then they give you credit, right? That just builds your confidence every time. And, you know, it's been great at both stops. They both, you know, every, every player has been really receptive and, you know, it just helps me build my confidence. Well, what would you say it was while you were at IUPUI? Because I know that you had a lot of different duties and you were mentioning all the different yeah. things that you were doing. What do you think it was, you know, out of all of those things that maybe has helped you the most so far during your time at Miami of Ohio? 
Um, I'd probably say probably the video, probably learning video and Photoshop, right? Because I think coming here, um, you know, Coach Steele was a guy who didn't use the same video at Xavier that they use here, but we did at IEPY, right? So I got the opportunity to teach him, you know, so kind of teach him how to learn that. And, you know, video is a really big niche that if you can get good at it, that in Photoshop, if you can get good at both of those things, um, you know, there's a spot for you. And then you just work your way up from there. So I'd probably say that. And then, you know, Photoshop um, were the two biggest things at IEPY that have directly translated right over to Miami and have helped me succeed, um, hopefully so far here. Well, I think that it's it's important also to highlight the fact that it's I think it's more than the coaching part. Right. It's it's yeah, doing absolutely. those other things and, yes. and being versatile, if you will. Yes, and and absolutely. I notice it. I notice it in, in broadcasting, you know, if, if I always say, if you want to be the one that has the headset on, you have to know how everything else works behind the camera. And I, I think you got to go from a top down approach, because if if you don't, you know, if something goes wrong or, or whatever, it's on you. And if you don't know how to do it, well, then all the eyes are going to be on you and all 100%. the fingers are pointed at you. So I think that that's so important and so important to highlight being able to do a lot of different things outside of just being a great coach, working guys out you know, those other things and, and, you know, coordinating, scheduling, other things like that, being yeah. able to do the video thing. Cause that is something that I don't think coaches really think about or, or people when they think of coaches think first of, but that's yeah. such an important thing, especially with how technology has increased over the years. But I know that one of your responsibilities now at Miami is being a mentor for student athletes. What do you think is, is really important and, and really vital to being a great mentor and somebody to be a great example for others to follow? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I've been there and it wasn't too long ago, right? Like, so I know what they've been through recently, right? And so I just try and help them out in any way I can. And I think the biggest thing is getting with them outside of basketball, right? Like getting with them, like, hey, let's go to lunch. Hey, let's go grab some food. Hey, let's play 2K, right? Getting with them outside of the court so that they trust you, right? They understand that when it's time to get on them a little bit, you know, maybe they're not doing their, you know, what they need to do in school or whatever on the basketball court. They understand you've built that sweat equity with them. They understand like, hey, when it's time for him to, you know, for me to get on him, he's not doing it from a place if he doesn't care about me. He's doing it from a place of, you know, he wants me to be better. He wants me to be a great young man in the future. And so I think the biggest thing was just getting with them outside of basketball and establishing that connection and relationship over the summer and before practice even started. Um, and I think that's been big and and building that trust and that connection um, so that they know that when it's time for me to, you know, tell them, hey, that's not good enough classroom on the court. They understand that and they're receptive to it and and they want to change. I'm a big believer in 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 how you speak to people is is a, a, a very important thing in life. And yeah. when you can talk to athletes in a way of they can they can relate to you, because I think, you know, in an, and you and I both being former athletes, I think in kind of your mind, you're wondering, well, you know, we're athletes, we're a little bit different from the rest of the student body. And so they feel that yeah. they're, you know, I don't want to say isolated, but that they're kind of off to the side. And different. so, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And so yeah. I think being able to, you know, kind of come to that level with them and say, hey, listen, like I, I, I have been there with you before. I know exactly what that is like. I know what you like because, you know, like you said, you're not too different in age, honestly, too, also, yeah. you know, and that also helps out. And, and it also I think it's it's great to be able to kind of find ways to, you know, relate with with others and and, and being able to have them open up to you in, in, in a very, um, you know, 
carefree way, if you will, yeah. who have been some big mentors in your life and have kind of influenced you to, to want to be a coach? Yeah. So, um, I'd say, I mean, it's kind of cliched, but my dad, like he was a guy that he coached every sport, you know, growing up, you know, basketball, baseball, um, you know, he was a guy that he kind of told me like, Hey, like if, if you want to go the coaching route, like go the coaching route, I want to help you in any ways I can. Like, I don't know a ton of people, but who I know I'll help you. Um, and then I would say from just like a big standpoint, coaches I've kind of looked up to, um, obviously coach Crenshaw was a big influence while I was at IEPY. Um, coach Steele has been great since I've been here. Um, and then like somebody I really admired that just retired actually was Jay Wright, you know, his culture, the culture he's built at Villanova, um, which is not, wasn't like a prestigious, you know, great basketball school, but he's built it up. Right. And so seeing the culture he had built there, you know, over time, winning two championships was was a guy that I looked to and was like, hey, like he's really good. He's great at what he does. And he was a guy that you know, I read his book and he was a he was probably the biggest influence on me wanting to get into coaching was seeing how he built his culture up at Villanova. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. Uh, and, yeah. and the fact that, you know, you you look at a school like Villanova and very similar to maybe Gonzaga, where. I mean, they're I mean, if you look at it, the size wise, it could be argued that they're a mid-major school, but the way that they've competed over the years, they're not. And that's so yeah. impressive to bring a program to to that level. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, I mean, the what I mean, what he's done and what he did at Villanova is just yeah. uh, unbelievable, to say the least. But Damn. I want to get back into this season with you because I know that you have a couple more non-conference games and then conference play picks up. I know you had a, a really big non-conference game against Georgia earlier this year ultimately fell to Georgia, but it was very, very close. And I have to hear what that was like for your group to kind of walk away from that, knowing like, Hey, we hung right there with a power five team. We played all the way to the final buzzer. I mean, that had to probably give the group so much confidence moving forward. Right. Absolutely. I think, you know, we kind of got off to a bad start in that game. I think it was 19 to five or 21 to five. And I think once we kind of settled down um, again, that ball movement, player movement, we started to get some good, easy shots. Maybe not all of them went in, but we got some easy shots and started getting stops on the other end and, and things kind of picked up and had chances to win it, had chances to put some game pressure in. I remember Coach Summers who had that scout, he said, we're going to stay in the game, stay in the game. And that last four minute, we call it a round, the last four minute round, we're going to give ourselves a chance to win. And that's right where we were. Um, and so it gave our guys a ton of confidence to say we could go to a power five school um, and hang with them and, and have a chance to beat them. Right. And we weren't perfect. Right. Like I think that they know that we know that as a staff, but us going there and, and giving ourselves multiple chances to win, being in the game in that last round um, really told our guys like, Hey, we have something, you know, if we can get healthy, we've been battling injuries all year and, Hopefully we can start to get healthy as, as conference play, you know, starts up. But, you know, we think that if we can get healthy um, and kind of get get things set, um, get rotations set, things like that, um, we think we'll have something. We, we like, you know, the group that we have. Well, it's definitely, you know, again, you guys are definitely on the right track right now. Winners of two of the last three. And as you're going out of non-conference play, you know, on that kind of higher momentum into conference play, I'm sure that gives everybody, you know, a good kind of a little bit of sense of relief, if you will. What do you hope that this group kind of takes out of this non-conference slate into the conference schedule ahead? I think the biggest thing um, is just how tough it is to win. 
right? Like it, it is difficult to win. And I think, you know, going into the gauntlet that is the Mac, right? Like we've got, you know, we've got a guy on staff here, Christian Smith, who was in the Mac last year was at Ball State, right? You know, this, the Mac is tough, right? There's some really good teams, really good players, really good coaches. Um, and so you've got to be dialed in for 40 minutes every single night. There's no nights where it's like, hey, like, you know, this team's no good. Like, you know, we'll run through them. It's a free win. Like, you've got to be ready to play every single night. Um, you've got to th- do the things we do in practice. You've got to be locked into scouts, personnel. Um, and so I think taking away, like, just how difficult it is to win um, and the importance of being locked into everything every single night in this conference if you want to give yourself a chance to win. Yeah, there's really no time to kind of let your foot off the gas pedal, so to speak. Uh, and I feel like once you do do that, and, and especially with how strong the Mac is and has been over the past few years, and really historically, if you look at it, you know, you like you said, you take a night off and it starts to snowball. And before you know it, yes. it's the middle of February and you're backed into a real tight corner you can't get out of. So um, I yeah. think it's great that you guys are starting to pick up, you know, really, really nicely at this point in the non-conference schedule, and you guys are going to be able to carry that over into the conference schedule of, of play. But, Coach, it's been great to get you on the show. Before we let you go, one final question. I always leave my guests with this one. I want to hear from you. When did you kind of have this this realization or, or an epiphany, if you will, as to when you knew that you could be a coach and you could really make it a career, but also be a coach at the Division One level? Oh, man, I think like getting into when I was at IUPUI and and kind of learning everything. Once I started doing things and, you know, they told me like I was doing a really good job. I was like, hey, you know, I could I think I could be good at this. Right. And then coming here, um, doing the same, trying to establish myself um, and then hearing, you know, our tremendous staff who have all been there and done that. You know, Coach Steele obviously was at Xavier, you know, built them up, um, was part of a team that went to the Elite Eight. You know, Coach Summers was a guy that built Cleveland State up. They were bad his first year. And then the next year they were in the NCAA tournament. Coach Holmes, you know, was at William & Mary for a while. Uh, Coach Smith, Texas Tech, Coach Richburg, Marquette. Hearing guys like that that have been there and done it um, tell you that you're doing a great job um, and that you could be something and and them supporting you and and coming out and, and really lobbying for you. It gives you confidence. It tells you that what you're doing is right. And, um, you know, when you guys you've got guys like that in your corner, it makes it really, really, really easy to work hard for them and and try and help them out in, in, in any way you can. So. Yeah, getting that respect from from peers and from, you know, others and, and even other mentors, maybe that that are kind of being able to look back and say, hey, I was once in your shoes and and look at where I am. You'll get there one day. It's all a progress, you know, and I yeah, think, you know, absolutely. myself also being in the sports world. It takes time. You have to pay your dues. That's the world that we live in in the sports world, whether it's broadcasting, coaching, journalism, you know, even as a player, you know, whatever it might be, you have to put in your time. And um, it's not the normal nine to five. It's not the plug and play kind of, if you will. Um, It's it's you got to grind. And but that's what makes it so enjoyable. Right. I mean, our our jobs are centered around sports. I mean, that you can't I personally don't find anything else that you can beat that with. It doesn't. It really, really doesn't. Um, I often find myself sitting around and saying, you know, uh, this is pretty cool. This is, yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty astounding actually. Um, yes. so coach really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for stopping by. Good luck. The rest of the non-conference schedule, the conference schedule, the season ahead, and we'd love to get you back on the show down the road as well. Absolutely. Jack. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it.
And there he goes, Coach Elijah Pennington. Another fantastic episode today, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on the bench. Be sure to keep following and subscribing to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify. And keep following on Twitter at Ride the Pine 20 RTP, all capital. Instagram at Riding underscore the underscore pine underscore all lowercase. And on TikTok at Ride in the Pine all lowercase. For all the latest updates on episodes and content to come, all 271 episodes are out now. Keep leaving those ratings and reviews. And again, folks, most importantly, keep your eyes and ears open for some more great guests coming out on RTP before the Christmas holiday. Once again, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. And until next time on Ride in the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.